0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your bad shot. Hello. I'm Captain Kat- bring Janeway, I'm Captain. Kat- bring one of
1: the USS Voyager. Captain Kat- bring Janeway, the U-S- Captain. Kat- bring one of the USS Voyager. Captain Captain. Welcome to the greatest generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica.
0: I'm Ben Harrison. Looking at you. From across a room and not from across a social network. Yeah, you've come to West Los Angeles. Uxbridge Shimoda Studios West. That's right. And I have brought a load of packages from our P.O. box. I mean, I've brought loads of all kinds.
1: (laughs) Enough packages to necessitate a bag Uh of smaller packages, Ben. We have so many, I think we should just get into it. Yeah. What do you say we open up? some of the things that Friends of DeSoto have sent to us. Let's do it. Captain, I'm sorry to disturb you. I'm receiving a code 47. Verify. It is code 47, sir. Start lead emergency frequency. Captain's eyes only.
0: This is also a Quark's Bar episode. And it is. the first thing I wanted to get into is a beautiful bottle of rum. Oh, uh, look at that. This is a Barcelo Imperial Onyx from uh, the Dominican Republic listener David brought this to I believe it was our DC show and so we got a quirks barred up for this episode I figured we'd do it with something brought to us from overseas by a friend of DeSoto Friends of DeSoto
1: who bring booze, among our favorite friends
0: uh, Cheers buddy
1: This is a very dark looking rum You cannot see through it
0: Yeah, it's a dark daddy It's got kind of burned caramel notes But in a nice way
1: This is exactly the kind of rum that I like The rum that tastes like ashes and vegetables (laughs) Not
0: my kind of rum You don't like uh, Martinique style rum The vegetables rum is not quite my bag Our first thing here is a letter from Morning Gory Studio In in Ottawa, Ontario How about that? Oh, these are Valentine's Day cards These are great We've got one Riker, one Q, and one Loaxana. The Loaxana one says Let's get one thing straight, little man mm-hmm. I am not for sale And if by some chance I were to become available I would rather eat Orion wing slugs Than deal with a toad-faced troll like you So go away and find somebody else To be your property Classic Loxana.
1: That's the sort of Valentine you want in your bin of Valentines as an
0: <laughs> elementary schooler. Yeah, because there's definitely one kid in class that needs to get that one, right? The artwork here, the depictions of these characters is Beautiful. unbelievable. Yeah, They are so good. Yeah. Hey, the next one is from Bree Belke. Bree! We've got a note, Adam. It says, hello from Arizona. I picked these items up at mission chicago thought the live pod needed a little bit extra thanks for being awesome awesome. Bree b oh boy so we've got the lanyards that you get at a con to hang your your credential on Uh, and these are the ones from mission chicago so they've got the paramount plus logo but also characters from all the new shows it's weird that because it's made by paramount plus
1: a part of the lanyard has been cut off. And then a second lanyard begins. <laughs> yeah, where that one ends. It's strange.
0: Oh, cool. We've got some horgons here. We've got oh, okay. a a big and two mini horgons. Uh, the bigger of the of the three is a this kind of a multicolor wow. hypercolor horgon, I would even I like it describe a lot.
1: It. We could use another horgon. We had to take one horgon out of commission, the one we were given yeah. at our very one of our very first shows in Minneapolis broken a couple of
0: places, and I'm in the process of fixing her up. That one is the size of maybe a, a football. The ones that Bree sent uh, are probably four inches for the big one, and like one inch tall for the two littles. But, I, uh, I would say
1: it's, it's more like three inches, Ben.
0: Yeah, well, you know. Uh, I like to measure from slightly below the base
1: You like to measure from across the room
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Bree That's very kind of you Bree, you're the greatest Uh, The next one here is from Emily in Santa Rosa, California We're invited to a wedding, Adam Wow Wow, that is really lovely What a thoughtful gesture Here goes a letter We are Jason and Lane Our upcoming nuptials were featured in a P1 on episode 406 cryo snitches get stitches cool we were greatly saddened not to meet slash see you at Sketchfest fest this year the rich tapestry of charming humor your podcasts have woven as well as the genuine community of friendship you engender it speaks volumes about your sincerity creativity and likability we're glad the two of you found each other finding your beautiful weirdo and exploring your own strange cosmos is one of life's great purposes Jason is practicing wedding toasts, if you can't tell. Wow, yeah. Thanks so much for what you do, Lane and Jason.
1: It feels like we were just toasted in a major way there.
0: Yeah, that's really sweet. Uh, P.S., Lane would like to say for the record that she introduced Jason and Dan to this podcast. Thank you for spreading the good word? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Adam, we have another package here from a beloved friend of DeSoto, Sarus Farivar. Wow.
1: One of the greats. One of the reasons we're doing the show. True it. I
0: would say. Looks like there's a note here. To Ben and Adam, I'm bummed the sketch fest was postponed, but I get it. Here's an old brochure I was once given from 1982 that I thought you should have. It's the proto version of Greatest Gen Con. Hope to see you guys soon with love from Oakland, Saroose. So this is the program for Ultimate Fantasy. A con that happened in June of 1982 in Houston, Texas. And uh, they're advertising t shirts and posters from the Wrath of Khan in here. whoa <laughs> this is amazing. DeForest Kelly was there, Jimmy Dewan was there, Walter Koenig, they got the whole gang Walter Koenig, George Takei, Nichelle Nichols, Merritt Buttrick. Merrick Buttrick? Kirsty Alley went to this con, Adam. Wow. Uh, what a fun time capsule of weird 1980s graphic design. And this is kind of like what Star Trek Las Vegas materials look like today. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this is really something. Thank you for sending that in, Saru's.
1: Ben, our next package comes from Egan, Minnesota, in a package that says photographs do not bend.
0: Oh, man. I'm a staunch believer in the Egan way
1: Here is what the note says Hey guys, when I fell and broke my arm You and the rest of the FOD Stepped up big time and helping me out Emotionally and financially When I was in a pretty dark place Including one person who I will call Riker Who donated $69 <laughs> I offered to send Anyone who donated to the GoFundMe A photo print But all declined Because they said they didn't need anything in exchange for helping out an FOD Wow. So I decided I'd send you some prints as a thank you to all of the community. I will forever be grateful. I hope you enjoy.
0: This is our buddy in the Netherlands who had a really bad fall, and he's a freelance photog, so it made it hard for him to work for a long time. From what I gather, he's back on his feet, so that's great.
1: There is something so beautiful about a photograph that is just fucking tack sharp. Yeah. Like... It's almost HD looking.
0: Wow, these are gorgeous and beautifully printed. They're printed on on a matte uh, photo stock. So, yeah. man, they really pop. They look great. Yeah. All right, Adam, we're getting into the big packages. We only have a few left. This one is from Kimber in Baltimore, Maryland. All right. We have a letter, Adam. This was sent in December of 2021. Ben and Adam... My husband used to recap Star Trek episodes over dinner several times (laughs) per week, which should say something about him, seeing as I had never seen a single episode, and the only character I knew by name was John Luck Pickard. God,
1: you know, it says more about you, I think, than it does about your husband. (laughs) You are a
0: patient person. Yeah. After about a year of this, I reluctantly decided to join him for his quarantine rewatch. I've made it through most of TNG and Voyager so far. And all of discovery. And then I found your pod. Now... In a delightful-to-me twist of fate, our dinner conversations consist of me recapping your episodes to him. Wow. <laughs> Finally. Boy, the The shoe's on the other hand right now, isn't it? It really at, is. At that dinner table. Please accept this meager thank you for the hours of entertainment your two Star Trek pods have brought me. I decided to go back to school to study jewelry design and metalsmithing, so I unfortunately don't have any scarves to throw at you at the moment. But I wanted to let you know how much I appreciate the Expert Shimoda line of products. Additionally, there are very few cishet white men in media whom I can listen to with lowered shield, so I super appreciate being able to rewrite that power to other systems when your pods are on, especially with regards to your Voyager apps and all of the greatest discovery. You don't really realize how much energy a constantly raised shield consumes until it's freed up and suddenly your life support system can function on multiple decks and your computer stops glitching. So thank you. Seriously, thank you. LLAP, Kimber, and I guess Brian. There is a 35mm movie trailer in here It closes what I believe to be the complete reel of... The Star Trek 6 The Undiscovered Country movie trailer In 35mm With embedded analog sound on film Maybe one of you Actually has access to a projector That can watch the real thing And enjoy it I listened to a few of your podcasts with Kimber And you have made me laugh out loud Many times Keep up the amazing work Brian Thank you Brian <laughs> I'm definitely keeping that. Oh, that's, man. That's joining my collection of trailers. This is amazing. Somebody sent in the Star Trek five trailer as well, so, so we we now have two out of the original series trailers.
1: I've always wanted to have a mini have a film course festival course. out of the
0: trailers that I have. And, that would be and, so cool. And a collection that's growing. i got to find a, a way to do this, because... My house has a room that like yeah. could accommodate a thirty five millimeter projector.
1: With the pace that theaters are getting rid of projectors and going digital, got, it seems got like to be
0: available somewhere. It right? seems like getting one on the cheap is possible. And one of my best buds, Adam Pranica, actually knows how to work it. Like totally. I've, I've threaded a sixteen millimeter projector. I would be a little bit gun shy about trying to do it myself on a thirty five millimeter projector. I think the muscle memory would come right back for me. We got to do this, man. Yeah. All right. That's amazing. What
1: a great gift. That is so cool. All right. And thanks for saying what you did uh, in the way that you said it. What a sweet thing.
0: We really try our best, and I know we have our blind spots, but uh, when when we get it right is really, really gratifying. So thank you for listening and, uh, and expressing that.
1: This is a box taped with gaff tape.
0: Yeah. This is my, my kind of package sender. Using Uh, the expensive stuff to.
1: Clearly labeled top. Hey, that's uh, just like you, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Gaff tape is not easy to knife through.
0: Where's this one coming from?
1: Maple Valley, Washington. Okay. The letter goes like this. Dear Ben and Adam, it was awesome seeing you guys live at the Neptune in Seattle. Wow. Now I finally feel like a real viewer. (laughs) I've been struggling to get enough dick and fart jokes in my diet, so I've recently started binging TGG all over again from the beginning. (laughs) We're currently on TNG Season 6, and now it's all dicks and farts all the way down. You've inspired me to replicate some toys and tribute items to add to your mountain of viewer gifts. Ben, I'm going to blow your fucking mind with this box. Okay. Next box is labeled Star Trek VI Action Galley Playset. Whoa! (laughs) Inside of this box, we've got a phaser. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: And a pot of mashed potatoes. (laughs) And the potatoes
0: have a whisk inside. (laughs) This is so awesome. (laughs) This is all I've ever wanted. This is one of the coolest things. <laughs> we that's... can end the show now. <laughs> We're good. Can you believe this? <laughs> I've been wanting this since I was a kid. <laughs> this is so great. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Help solve the mystery of the missing gravity boots. There's, like, there's like text all over these boxes. Oh, cool. Did you see the bottom has yeah. uh, Shimoda and Uxbridge on it? This is so great.
1: Chris from Maple Valley uh, really blew our minds here. <laughs> it's just incredible. I'm honored to present to you guys the complete run of extremely limited edition action galley play sets from Star Trek Six. This is something I've wanted to do for years but didn't want to have to explain to she who was my wife why what I was making was funny. You guys just kept referencing the scene over and over again until I had no choice. So now there they sit. Chris, you are an amazing craftsperson. Yeah. And I am so grateful for these gifts. Uh, gifts that came in a package that we can't
0: throw away. No, like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> I cannot believe.
1: (laughs) Uh, So good. Wow. (laughs) I am blown away by the generosity and the creativity and really just the interest that
0: anyone would have in our show.
1: Yeah. Really treasured gifts this time around.
0: I am also just really excited that I don't have to throw away any of the packaging this time. That's a... something that normally takes me a couple days to get around to. Ripley is just going to eat a lot of it before I throw it away. Indeed, indeed. Well, Adam, we we have had a very long merit. I'm already done with my first glass of rum. Let's refill and get into the episode we came to talk about today. It's season four, episode one, Scorpion, part two.
1: And it is a Quark's Bar episode, Ben, so we are going to be getting into the rum Pretty heavy. Rebirth course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes, I'm not turning around.
0: This uh, kind of picks up right where we left off with the Voyager getting towed away from an attack by Species 42069. And the captain is still over there on the other ship. BLT is at ops because Harry Kim is down in Six Bay. And she's trying to get Janeway off that Borg ship, but to no avail.
1: I'm going to say this right now from Jump. Bad Chakotay episode. <laughs> feel like season three was all about, uh, you know, the summer of George. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, we're back on Chakotay's side. Chakotay's fun. We like him. He's doing good things. But he comes right out of the blocks here and just... Smashes BLT's nuts about not being able to beam the captain back whenever he wants.
0: This shit is hard. Dealing with the Borgs is hard. Do you think that this is, uh, you know, stand-up comic that wants to dig a hole at the beginning of the set? Like, every season, Chakotay starts and he's like, I'm going to dig the hole and then I'm going to dig myself out.
1: Yeah, Chakotay is really Louis C.K.ing his way through (laughs) this first episode of season four. You're still a, a huge fan, right? But it's funny, like, as soon as they start working out this problem, Janeway Actual pops up on screen to, like... Let them off the hook. Cut the transporter beam.
0: This is such a different energy from Captain Picard hailing his ship from the board cube. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that they tried to capture some of that energy just in the way that she's kind of short and doesn't give a lot of context for what she's saying.
1: Also, like the way everything is blocked in this scene, like you're not shooting Chakotay standing up from below the way they shot Riker. The music is a little different. Like, it doesn't seem as existential in this moment.
0: But what does happen is uh, she says, like, we have a deal. The Borg uh, are on our side for the time being, and it seems like they're complying with the request. So uh, stop trying to meddle, and let's go with the flow here. Chakotay takes great umbrage with this. He's like, Captain,
1: they... Clearly, don't even have bathing facilities over there. How will you manage? <laughs> and and Janeway is like, I'm fine. Send over Tuvok to bathe me. <laughs> <laughs> Beam
0: Tuvok and two washcloths. I also just felt like this was a moment that. Chakotay didn't absorb for the vote of trust it was because the captain is taking Chakotay's babysitter off the bridge in this moment.
1: Exactly. And I think a lot is made because the camera stays on Tuvok for him leaving a station and getting in the turbo lift as if, like he's walking to the gallows. Yeah. But because it's Tuvok, you don't necessarily feel that entirely. And I wonder how much differently this would have hit if... Someone with more feelings had to go over there knowing that they might not come back. You're never
0: worried for Tuvok, you know?
1: No, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's and gonna... even if he's not fine, he's going to be fine. Yeah,
0: he's fine with being not fine.
1: He is fine with that which is not fine. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's what being a Vulcan is, That's right? That's what it's all about. Yeah. I... I aspire to that, man. You know what? That is the silicone bracelet I need to start wearing, yeah. just as a reminder. Like F-W-T-W-I-N-F.
0: <laughs> should, we, should we get some silicone bracelets made for Biz? Is that yeah, what you're suggesting? Yeah, They'll be there in a
1: couple of years.
0: <laughs> Remember this moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, so... They're testing the probes that the doctor has come up with down in Six Bay. And Harry Kim is going to be a guinea pig, a pero pequeño que se llama guinea pig, que dice, whee, we oui 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 And uh, the thing they're testing on him are the modified Borg nanoprobes that the doctor has engineered to kill species 42069 DNA. Mr. Kim... I'm about to inject your carotid artery. And
1: uh, it works great. (laughs) I was shocked that they injected Harry Kim with this stuff but only an amount that would get it off of his eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. They warn him like, hey, Harry, you may feel a tingle. As if we didn't know he was feeling the maximum amount of pain that a person could feel yeah. in the last episode.
0: Yeah, he doesn't give a shit.
1: Yeah, he's, God, he he loves the tingle. Give me the point. tingle.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Kill for the tingle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the effects are interesting too because there's like the kind of green and yellow alien tendrils going into his nose and mouth and stuff. And those disappear and then briefly are replaced by sort of borgy gray Mm -hmm. before it goes back to healthy skin tone for him. Right. And I wonder if Harry can consider himself like mildly XB after this.
1: I mean, the presentation we're given by the doctor suggests that these nanoprobes go in grab on to the offending alien virus yeah and then destroy it right but do they destroy the probes in the process of that destruction do we know that
0: these are like those sutures that you get that dissolve in your body are after? these dissolvable nanoprobes or, or does he just have them
1: maybe it's like but, taking a, taking too many vitamins uh harry kim will just piss them out yeah later.
0: <laughs> Can I have green pee. hey what? speaking of vitamins let's broad up yeah
1: yeah, guys. Uh, if you have not stocked up on your broad, I am aware of a, of an upcoming deal we might be doing with the broad company. So keep your ears open for that. Keep your ears peeled. Broad wants to make sure you have a good summer.
0: Good work. Cass is having visions of species for twenty sixty nine.
1: Cass's visions are of an actor no longer being on Star Trek, <laughs> and they are horrifying.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really upsetting stuff. I think that the one thing they really nailed with the design of this creature is the like goat eye, yeah. The the pupil on on the face that she keeps seeing is really creepy and and awful.
1: What is it about goats that is so scary? Like I haven't seen the Vavitch, but like there's a goat in the Vavitch
0: uh-huh. that's supposed to be very scary, right? Uh, I mean, I don't look at scary things because I'm so scared, but because uh, you,
1: because you think goats will be in them. Uh, I mean, like, goats are so funny, though.
0: Like, And it's... also Goatsy.
1: Not something I want to
0: look at either. <laughs> but, but, like, I feel like nothing, nothing... Why is it called Goatsy? I think it was Goatsy.cx because there was some, like, Christmas Island top-level domain allowed them to make it sort of spell sex.
1: Oh.
0: And maybe it was, like, more permissive than other top-level domains in the early internet. They
1: make a documentary about everything. And... I am shocked there has been no Goatzee
0: Doc. I think probably because you also have to address Bottle Guy. <laughs> and that's the far worse. I think there's an audience out there for the goaty Doc. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> I mean, if there's an audience for Goatzee, there's an audience for the Goatzee Doc.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is scary stuff for Kes, because these don't seem to be mere visions, and the Doctor suggests this in this scene as well. Like she's not just seeing stuff, like this seems to be a two way street. They're where...
0: rummaging around in her. Yeah. In her brains.
1: And she doesn't appear to have the ability to freshen them up back.
0: Yeah. It seems like the freshening is only going in one direction. <laughs> right. Um
1: Right. It's like species four twenty sixty nine is like in a Mentos commercial and it's like <laughs> sliding through the backseat of
0: Kess's mind car, and like, <laughs> yeah, she's boxed in. Species 42069 is picking up her Fiat and moving right. it out because it's so strong, right? And she's so plucky.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you need to be someone of a certain age to understand the last thirty seconds of this show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> So uh, they also discover that the DNA from the ship uh, of Species 42069 is uh, identical to the DNA of the pilot. So it's it's all one thing. Yeah. These creatures are...
1: it's made of the same stash stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: What do you make of the doc being so emboldened to roll up to Chakotay with like, hey... Really not on board with whatever it is you think you're trying to do here.
0: I like it. I mean, I, I love a, I love a pushback energy, Doctor, and I especially feel especially
1: like- when nothing is going to happen to him. Like that, he has the knowledge stored inside of him. Yeah, and that Chakotay has taped a dustbuster to his temple and given him instructions <laughs> to hit the button at the first sign of trouble it
0: does give him a special kind of leverage yeah it totally does he and could say anything right now i think a bad script would neglect to right. exploit that leverage for a, the thing a it worse is.
1: script would have the doctor just going along with it saying nothing yeah but the doc walking around with a dustbuster taped to his head which is like cosplay that i want to see now <laughs> Maybe algo is this. Taped <laughs> Dustbuster to temple. You'll shave male pattern baldness into your head. I'm famously brave when it comes to haircuts. I'll definitely do that. <laughs> oh. One other thing that the doctor says that I found incredible was that he could not figure out why the birth of a new medicine mm. could be then manipulated into some sort of super weapon. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, I, I've, never, I've never heard of this before says the doctor
0: mm-hmm.
1: medicine mm-hmm. being used for evil yeah the doctor says and to the doctor I would say maybe you should look at that list of doctor names you were not permitted to use <laughs> and maybe uh, look under Mengele <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) Or any one of the other names on that list who did exactly that for reasons why.
0: Yeah. I feel like you would find some interesting information, Doc.
1: Yeah. Just momentarily.
0: Over on the Borg cube, uh, the captain and Tuvok are getting led to a section of the ship where laboratory space is being prepared for the captain to work on the weapon, which is the like... The, ca- the, the doctor has figured out these nanoprobes, but affixing them to warheads that can be used in a combat scenario is a whole other ball of wax. And this is going to be a pretty precedent setting collaboration between the Federation and the Borgs.
1: I love that the Borg's Cube is set up like a government building where there's, like, a floor and a column number (laughs) and a room designation (laughs) to things. Like, this makes a lot of sense. The problem is Janeway is looking for tubs that aren't there. Yeah. Like,
0: there is no living
1: that's going to happen on the Cube.
0: It is all work. It's a really toxic environment. It's a, like, everybody gets in early and stays late and... You know, the bosses judge you by whether you are replying to emails on the weekends and stuff. There are no foosball tables on a Borg cube. They're affixing them for temporary Borgification implants. And I'd say if your workplace proposes something like that, you know, run, don't walk. And uh, get that resume ready.
1: There's kind of a fun Borgs McLaughlin group happening here. (laughs) Where Tuvok and Janeway begin to share some of the knowledge that they've gathered. And when they sort of wait for that moment after like you drop some science and you're like, what do you think? Yeah. They are both brought to their knees (laughs) and, and stickers are put on their necks because the Borgs I've been in so many meetings like this where you're like, get to the fucking point. Why is this happening so slowly? Like why are we taking a whole afternoon to have this meeting when you could tell me what you need to say in 20 minutes?
0: That's what the Borgs are trying to do with these
1: neuralizing devices. Right.
0: We will work as one
1: mind. No, that wasn't the agreement.
0: Janeway is saying something about how they can start to modify a a warhead and the Borgs are going, this could have been an email. Like, the Borgs
1: version of Descript (laughs) cuts out not only the ums and the uhs, but most words that aren't verbs. (laughs) Like, it's only verb noun. Yeah,
0: right. (laughs) That's all they need. Yeah. The parts of speech, aside from those, are totally extraneous to the Borgs. And, man, like, there have been so many depictions of, like, cultural misunderstanding in Star Trek this is such a great new spin on that because, of course, the Borg would just assume yeah. that in a collaboration context with a species, not the Borg, everybody would just Borg up. Everybody right. would come all the way over to the Borg side of the line. Yeah. And that is not what uh, the captain and Tuvok want. And they pulled the entire alliance hostage in order to get these things taken off of them,
1: it's funny how much this is like viewed as a gift by the Borgs. Like the Borgs see someone using wired headphones right. and are like, "No, we will give you Bluetooth earbuds. <laughs> we will do that right now." <laughs> and Janeway and Tuvok on their knees are like, "Fuck this! Yeah, deal is off. If you want to do it like this, we would like our slow meeting."
0: I liked seeing a pretty close-up view of the thing being taken off Janeway's neck because you can really see the adhesive like pull yeah. her skin when they take it back off. Janeway, in this moment, is like, "Look, if you want to expedite
1: this situation between us, why don't you choose a locutus on your side? Yeah, like choose a representative to work with us, and then we can uh, we can get to work. But enough with the neck things, you guys. Yeah."
0: One of the most iconic character unveils in Star Trek history, I would say is what seven of nine gets here. She's the tertiary adjunct to Unimatrix zero one. And she gets like a full camera push in lights, come up smoky door
1: situation. Yeah. The way that they blow the tubes off of her
0: is big fun. It's really cool. And, uh, the work environment is quite a bit more hostile than it probably would have been if they were just brought into the collective temporarily because uh you know, they have the Borgs by the short and curlies, like the I don't think there's any of those. <laughs> You think the Borgs are shaved? I think they're absolutely shaved. Do you think they're 420 friendly? I mean, it's pretty smoky over there on that cube. I think there's infinite Borgs and
1: infinite combinations out there, but the plunging V Borg that Mm -hmm. is just, like, super (laughs) hairy-chested would be big fun to me. But these Borgs, and really all Borgs, seem to subscribe to a sexual projection Mm -hmm. that's forced onto them, and I don't think Seven of Nine is any different, like... Like she is queeny in the way that she struts. She does not walk around the yeah. way a, a normal drone does. She does not speak the way Hugh did. No, in a in a sort of uh, robotic patois. How do
0: you feel about that? Because I, I, it's it's so noticeable. Like yeah. the performance does not start in Hugh territory at all. Yeah.
1: It'd but, be very funny if she were buried in another part of the ship and they're like, stand by and wait for the
0: representative.
1: <laughs> but she's right there. Yeah, she's she's right, in the next room. She hap-
0: I mean, she just happened to be close by. That's, uh-huh. that's why they picked her. Uh-huh. I think that's an interesting choice in the performance. And I wonder how much of that is on the actor's part and how much is on the production's part. Because, you know, like they know that they're aiming for a long goal with what Jerry Ryan is going to be performing.
1: Well, that's my point, is that if you're Rick Berman... He had the stroke of genius, make it a Borg babe. And you have an idea about women and how they (laughs) should look on this show? Casting
0: the beautiful woman in a show is always a
1: bitch. Why not borgs the shit out of her right now knowing that you're going to put her in a cat suit 2 episodes from now? Like right. like why edge this the way they do? I thought that was an interesting choice that that they made. Like why not go way borg with her?
0: Right. Instead she starts more relatable. It's almost like the borgs have learned how yeah. to make it cuz cuz also Lacutus was not as Huey as Hugh was. True. So yeah. Maybe there's like a subtle improvement in mm-hmm. in Borg presentation. Right. To... Maybe they've adapted. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, she's going to be their collaborator in the project.
1: They at this point are in agreement about the weapons plan in general. Like right. the idea of releasing a bunch of nanoprobes. Agreed. Sounds awesome, but they're not specifically interested in, in what Janeway is saying. The torpedo idea, not going to work, probably because Voyager only has a couple dozen of these left.
0: That's another thing that's so interesting about this episode, like that the collective conscience of a species like the Borg would think about strategy and tactics in a totally different way mm-hmm. from the way humans do. And it's like build a huge mine, like mm-hmm. do everything all at once or don't do it is kind of the boring way of thinking about it. Yeah. And that is super different from the like, hey, we need to get them off our backs. Let's show them that we have something that that hurts early.
1: Yeah. Like the tension between weapon of deterrence and seven nine going, we need to fat man and little boy this problem <laughs> all in one. Yeah. Is an interesting tension here.
0: The other thing that I noticed in this scene was that when they're talking about the Borg version of the strategy, they show the mine on screen. It's Lore's ship from that Lore's breakaway Borgs episode. I have doubts. Of course you do.
1: It's only natural. Does it make it more interesting that Lore might be driving around a mine ship?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. A more exciting conclusion for him than Data dismantling him.
1: One of the things I really think is fun about this episode are all of the subtle ways that Seven of Nine is not socially aware. Yeah. Like, walking away from them to go to the screen to show them a thing later and just expecting them to follow Yeah, (laughs) is a fun neurodivergence depiction here that I'm really with. Yeah, yeah, it's fun.
0: Like, she shouldn't understand social
1: cues in this way. She's
0: there to do a job. Back on Voyager, the doctor is working on Kess and it's almost like she's freshening herself up. <laughs> the situation is that every time she, you know, receives one of these broadcasts, the different parts of her brain light up. It's really it's really uncomfortable for her and awful. And this information gets back to Janeway and she's like, Oh fuck, like the bad guys know what we're up to because they seem to be able to just waltz into Kess's mind whenever they want.
1: You and me and everyone else knows that Jennifer Leon is not long for this show, and her character is being written off. Right. What do you make of how little empathy is given to her in this episode? I feel like she is just a conduit for Species 42069, but no one is like, how can I make you more comfortable? How can we shut off this weird thing? Can we put a Faraday helmet
0: on you that keeps them away?
1: I thought it was very clear how little people were starting to care about her in sort of an unfortunate way.
0: Yeah. Starting now. That's kind of an ugly moment. And I I think that maybe some weird energy from production is working its way into the script almost.
1: Yeah. Back on the Borg ship, it looks like they've come a long way in the construction of this mine, right? Like they have a box and that's good. But... The one thing that you can't do in both a strip club and a Borg ship is ask the person what their name is, (laughs) their real name. (laughs) And this is a mistake that Janeway makes with Seven of Nine. Like, you can't get that familiar, Janeway. You got to let the person present
0: as they want. I know that her Borg costume may lead you to believe that she has one job, but she has a different job. She has a totally separate life from this. Yeah. And you need to respect the boundaries. Seven kind of baps back at the like making small talk while you work idea Mm -hmm. with a hey, like, let's complete the weapon now, even though the deal, like, the deal has always been get us across your space so that we are out of Borg's danger. And then at that time, we will give you the nanoprobes and the technology to shoot them at Species 42069. We'll go our separate ways.
1: Isn't it weird that the tension is like they've gotten too far on the project too fast? Yeah. But they were almost expecting it to be a slower process.
0: And the war is going far worse for the Borg than is generally known. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, Seven of Nine is like, hey, like, we got to get this stuff into production pretty quickly here. Right.
1: It's funny how they check in with that timeline multiple times this episode, and they're like, is this an idea that works? And Seven and Nine will be like, no, like, we will have lost the
0: war by then. We need to choose a different plan. And this is when like the, the tension starts to build even more. Like Jane will be like, like we'll kill the doctor who knows the, the linchpin thing. And, she, and Seven of and Nine is like, well, we'll just assimil- assimilate your ship If you do that, like, we do the thing that the Federation should do, where you just beam 500 guys into a room. Yeah. Like, we do that.
1: On a ship that we know has not more than 200 crew people, like, the Borgs are willing to beam 500 over there and then be like, now Now what? Yeah. We'll flood the zone. (laughs) And that's a funny kind of negotiation, right? So
0: asymmetrical.
1: Instead of negotiation being, like, both parties being disappointed, like... She's willing to negotiate in such a way where, like, one of the parties dies.
0: Yeah, one part one party get, loses a war and the other party is squished like a fucking cockroach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome back, Harry Kim, to the bridge. He's all better.
1: I don't know, Harry. Maybe go on light duty for a while. Help out in the, in the mess hall or something. I don't know
0: if I'd want to go back to work day of. I mean, they're in a crisis situation. Uh, we don't really get a lot of Harry Kim... Storyline in this. You
1: know what's interesting is the storyline we don't get is what if Harry Kim is still connected to Species 42069? Because so much is made about the psionic power of the species with Cass. Like, why isn't Kim seen as a threat?
0: And in the Star Trek universe, where having been a Borg means in some ways you are always a Borg
1: and will never be captain.
0: Oh boy, Adam is refilling his his beverage. Uh, re-ice me while you're while you're down there at the ice bucket. I think we may be going clean on this bottle. <laughs> we did it. We did. Cheers <laughs> um, to you, man! Cheers to you as well. Uh, this is uh, we've dumped out the last. Wow. of the Wow. Was that a regulation
1: room. size bottle we just cleared? Uh, let's see. I
0: think that's a 750 milliliter. We
1: just made podcast history on videotape right now. 700
0: milliliters, oh. slightly shy of uh, hmm. regulation. I see how there. they do it over there. And it's also 76 proof, so it's not it's not full proof booze.
1: Oh, it's a chill hang, which I like.
0: Yeah, it's, it's delicious. Nice. It's do- it it is absolutely delicious. I'm
1: feeling the sadness of a of a done bottle, like. The sadness and the happiness of, like, enjoying a great bottle, but also
0: probably never gonna have it again. I've been enjoying nightcapping off of this, and I'm sad to see it go. You shouldn't have been nightcapping off of it. I shouldn't have. You're right. I did a bad thing. I did a selfish thing. You did. (laughs) I hope you'll find it in your heart to forgive me.
1: Look, it's clear that you did a bad thing and you feel bad about it, which is all I ever want. (laughs)
0: Adam, you don't need to worry about that. I walk around with that as my baseline, like, mental outlook. My entire last two years of therapy have been about unpacking my personal feeling of guilt as baseline.
1: I love how you go to therapy and then, like, the can of snakes is open there. And then you come over and do an episode with me and I'm fucking cramming snakes back into that can like more snakes than were even in there before <laughs> you got like the number 10 can yeah the kind ca- the the size of can that nacho cheese comes in right at a, in a commercial kitchen
0: right that, and those are the snakes you've got you've put an amount of snakes into that can that are a nightmare for <laughs> indiana joneses like myself <laughs>
1: We're being hailed by your vessel. So Chakotay blows in a FaceTime to the Borg ship. And this is fun, right? Because you see it from the Borg ship perspective. Yeah. And he looks green on the screen. Hey, Borg ship, why don't you color correct the screen so that you get some accurate skin tones of the people trying to talk to you?
0: That's the thing that fucking blows ass about these Zoom programs is like you cannot drop a LUT on the fucking outbound video channel. Yeah, it's bad fucking sucks it's fuck bad. that shit a video professional did
1: not design that
0: no a bunch of fucking asshole engineers designed it here's the
1: takeaway from this moment though it's it's a very familiar problem to a federation that has dealt with the borgs before and specifically a Lacutus problem which is like this alien species species four twenty sixty nine, having been inside kes's brains probably knows what our plans are yeah does that mean that we need to choose a different plan?
0: And Janeway is like, "Yeah, you, you fucking said it, man. Like, let's fucking <laughs> let's fucking change direction. Just like that's." Like- I
1: love that the idea is okay. Then let's change course. That's all they do. They don't change the master plan of like great big bomb. They change the direction they're going in space.
0: One thing I thought was like, if I was captain, one thing I would also say is change course and also. Isolate Kess Do not give her Any information About what's going on Yeah But I wonder if that In the context Of the way Kess Has written Felt too mean In the writer's room
1: yeah, I mean maybe the only thing more cruel than that is to stick Kess in the mess hall with Neelix and like subject Ooh. species four twenty sixty nine to that whole situation <laughs> and the awkwardness of a fresh breakup. You have polluted our space. <laughs> you just broke up and yet you continue to work together. <laughs> This cannot continue. We must we must purify your space. (laughs)
0: Coffee
1: black. Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you see this as an opportunity to grow. Make it yourself.
0: So pretty quickly after they make this decision, they are set upon by one of these bio ships, and the cube self-sacrifices to get them out of this scrape.
1: I just want to say this: not enough exterior shots of the Borg's cube doing fun shit yeah. or of the Voyager doing fun shit in this episode, I could have used a hundred percent more action shots in space because
0: there's so many and they're yeah. so fucking wild.
1: This cube is like, as if we're on a road and is like blocking the lane from yeah. the
0: passing car. I got a friend who, when he goes on road trips, his game is I want to configure the like five or six cars around me in my own design. So he'll like speed up and slow down and change lanes to get everybody into a formation A formation. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just like how he entertains himself on a long road trip. And I wanted to see Borg cube playing, playing the field in that way.
1: That's an interesting version of what I know I do, which is like, if like, you should never be driving in formation with other cars. Traffic should be moving. All around because formation driving is dangerous. Yeah. Formation driving is how people lane change into other cars. But this whole lane change that the Borg takes <laughs> into this bio ship is awesome. And yeah. it shouldn't be possible in three dimensional space. Like, right this is an idiot bio ship here. <laughs> this, they did not send their best
0: through the space butthole. I mean, this bio ship got a couple of good licks in. It, yeah. uh, it, it It tags Janeway in one of its assaults, but, uh, you know, and, and I think it's interesting also that the, like the bio ship takes a lot of torpedoes from the Borg's cube. Yeah. That it absorbs like they're nothing.
1: I really love how the cube rotates as it fires. That's fun.
0: Yeah. But crucially, like the bioship can be destroyed by enough kinetic damage. Yeah. And that is a Borg's cube quantity of damage. So yeah. What has happened, they learned pretty quickly, is that the Borg's Cube has self-sacrificed to save a handful of drones, including Seven of Nine and the captain and Tuvok and, like, a few pieces of Borg's equipment so that the project can continue. And it's like Tuvok, like, radioing up to the bridge, gasping for air that they need help down there in the cargo bay.
1: And it's cargo Borg's, too. (laughs) In that area, it's funny, like, when Chakotay and a couple of meats walk in <laughs> to see what's
0: what, like, they've made themselves at home. They really have. i wondered who the medical guy was that came in with them. Like, there's suddenly a nurse on board the ship that we've yeah. never seen before. Yeah, I love the, like, we've got a new well of extras. It's <laughs> big fun. We took the summer off. Some people came back. Some did not. Yeah. Chicote is
1: there to, like, kind of figure out what's what with these meats. And Seven of Nine is there to greet and reminds Chicote of the deal that they had. We have an alliance, do we not? And Chicote, from here and henceforth, is not someone who is interested in this deal.
0: The captain is KO'd, so he has to talk to Seven of Nine and take her word for it and he just is not capable of.
1: I wish we saw the other Borgs more here, you know? Yeah. Like, the suggestion is that there are more, and then later on we see what happened to them, but like, there's something so scary about more than one
0: yeah, just, like, walking around and doing doing their, like, drone, you know, busy work. Seeing a brat-style shuttle assimilated for some reason. <laughs> like, they got in there and, like, they made something. Inexpensive and built to stay that way. That would have been fun. Yeah. The captain is fucked up on, like, a neurological level. And yeah. the doctor is able to repair the bodily damage. But the mental damage is going to take a clip show device and some time.
1: No amount of tub time can fix what's wrong with Janeway here. Yeah.
0: It's not just a boob massage that will get her back right.
1: You ever had a massage with uh, heated stones, Prona? Like nothing you'd believe. She was over there on the Borg's Cube when a panel exploded in front of her, and that is uh, a life-threatening moment in any Starfleet officer's <laughs> <laughs> career.
0: So she's, like, on the slab, and she, like does the thing where she like reaches up and grabs chakotay's collar and is like we have to like see this through this is almost too good of a
1: speech for an officer that doesn't die because when i was watching this i was like if she dies here this is an amazing moment yeah it is a great scene for janeway exquisitely acted by kate mulgrew this is my favorite part of the episode was this moment there's coffee in this alliance. So Seven of Nine reminds Chakotay of the deal they have, and Chakotay is like, no dice. And then he turns around and tells the crew in a McLaughlin group Issue one. that instead of turning around and getting creamed by Species 42069, like in order to drop these Borgs off at the nearest cube, yeah, instead they're going to drop them off at the nearest planet that they can survive on. And then the plan is to, like, hit the pedal to the metal and try to make it out of Borg space before getting attacked?
0: Before the angry Borg set upon them? Does
1: this plan make any sense to you? I wish it made more sense to me because, like, I want there to be a realistic tension between what Chakotay wants and what Janeway wanted before being in a coma or whatever.
0: I think the information we don't have is how close they are to we could just get out of here and this problem is not our problem it could be
1: if not literally depicted suggested in this mclaughlin group by some of the crew people which sort of suggest a discomfort with this new plan but no one has the doctor's confidence of a phaser taped to their temple to actually say it
0: i think that the one problem in the script is that chakotay is Dead wrong in the end. Like, like the plan that species four twenty nine.
1: Fuck. That's fine. Let's just go with that. No.
0: <laughs> Chakotay is wrong. The plan that species four twenty sixty nine has ultimately is revealed to be we're going to purge your galaxy. Like that it is a entire season of Star Trek Discovery level threat that right. they pose. Yeah. But he doesn't see it as that. Until later, like, mm-hmm. he sees them as only a threat to the Borgs. But if in these conversations with the rest of the crew, people suggested, like, hey, like, do we know, like, where they plan to stop their invasion mm-hmm. of our galaxy? Because yeah. <laughs> that would be, like, a tactically important piece of information. <laughs> so Chicote, after briefing the
1: crew of this new plan, has moved into the ready room, complete with Jellico style pictures from kids tacked to the wall. (laughs) Having a meeting with Seven of Nine where he lays down this new plan and
0: she takes great umbrage with this. She's fucking pissed.
1: It's exactly the opposite of what the captain wanted. It will be your undoing.
0: It's the opposite of what the captain wanted, but also, like, the board tried to change the fucking deal so many times that it seems a little bit like the lady doth protest too much when she's pissed about this. I also
1: really do like Seven's way of arguing, which is less about the actual argument and more about you know what your problem is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she gets to the ad hominem really quickly. Yeah, she does. And, uh, she
1: goes right after what's wrong with humans.
0: Yeah, and uh and what's wrong with humans is that Disagreement is a part of how humans interact with each other, and Borgs just do not not have problems like this. God, it's such a dream. But also, like, Borgs didn't come up with these nanoprobes, dude. Yeah, that's true.
1: How good can they be?
0: Anyways, Chicote has a little dark night of the soul moment where he goes down to Six Bay and speaks to the unconscious captain... Worried that she'll be just as mad at him as Seven is when she wakes up. I want to say
1: fuck you, Chakotay, because, yeah, have this moment while she can't hear you or talk back. This is for us as the viewer. Yeah. And it sucks because he's he's doing a bad thing and he's trying to get himself off the hook. Now, if you want to crown him, then crown her ass.
0: But it's time for the Borgs to Scorpion and Seven of Nine having had this bad news broken to her, goes back down to the uh, cargo bay and initiates an attempted assimilation of Voyager.
1: I love this moment. Yeah. Fuck you. I won't
0: do what you tell
1: me. Let's open up some panels.
0: (laughs) You're going to try and shoot us with your deflector dish? Fuck you. We're taking over the deflector dish. Yeah. The Borgs love the deflector dish.
1: I love seeing green shit come out of the deflector dish in this moment. In best of both
0: worlds, in First Contact, in Scorpion, the Borgs are always going for the deflector I don't
1: understand why the cube comes without a dish. You gotta get a dish on that cube. You know what? What I'm looking at when I see a Borg cube, six sides that could have a dish.
0: That's probably why they want the Federation so bad. These guys have all the dishes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're all cube and no dish. <laughs>
1: it's a real disappointment over there. I love that it's it's not so much Seven working as a rogue agent. The collective is like, hey, you know what to do.
0: Yeah. So they're getting at the dish, and Harry is like, uh, Deflector is making a singularity, probably just like the one that the Species Force 2069 guys are coming through. Yeah. So this seems bad, and... They alien queen all the Borgs but one. Yeah. And this is a great cut to the exterior, like showing them getting blown out the airlock.
1: I mean, this is classic Rick Berman having Seven of Nine spread her legs in order to (laughs) save her own life here. Jesus.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Commander, a single Borg has survived. After that, they go through the hole and then they're in goo. (laughs) The her. <laughs> They're in fluidic space. They're surrounded by goo on all sides. Garrett Wong said something very interesting about
1: this in my little bit of research I did, which was like, we're just going to do fluid space and no one's going to talk about it? These aliens went from fluid space yeah. to space space. And they didn't need any sort of like apparatus to exist in space space. Having lived and thrived in fluid you can't go from fluid to non-fluid without a breather.
0: We need it to go to fluid or to space. So presumably to go from fluid to space you would really need it.
1: But evidently species 42069 is so
0: evolved. Their DNA is perfect.
1: It can breathe in any environment.
0: Even underwater. When they get there. One of the big reveals is that the Borg, in fact, picked this fight. Species 42069 is the fucking golden apple for the Borgs. Its it's, DNA is perfect. The Borgs went in shirts off, wanting to fuck around, and they found
1: out. They fucking found out. On the one hand, I don't like the Borg being weakened by anyone or anything. On the other hand, I like the idea of Borg hubris. Yeah, like we've assimilated everyone. It's never failed, but
0: they go over into fluidic space, and all of a sudden, it's a bad time. Genetically perfect is uh, not something that the Borgs are going to be able to overcome. Well,
1: I've got to get that. Get that. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before, and you're thinking, "What do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias." But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great, because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's Squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace.
0: Boy, do I love a Microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to Microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order microdosing is a technique i use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week and uh, i just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good and they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs>
0: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly, incredibly fascinating. Find us by searching for the word "secretly" in your podcast app and at maximumfun.org. I've got to get that a heist?
1: Gold. Seven of nine in this moment is like, hey, by the way, we're in fluidic space, and also, they know we're here. Yeah. You get three hours to prepare for what is going to be a swarm of these alien ships coming.
0: Yeah. We, like, sent ripples out when we came through this hurl, and mm. they're on their way. Janeway is is back. She's She's been put right by the doctor and, predictably, is fucking pissed. She is rip shit.
1: The doctor brought me up to speed.
0: Don't you have any idea what you've done here?
1: I think... Some of my favorite parts of Kate Mulgrew as an actor is how physical she is as an actor. And I think in Star Trek, the opportunities to be a physical actor are often in the form of a double-handed axe handle being (laughs) dropped on someone. Or a banger or whatever. But the way Kate Mulgrew uses her posture and her body and her face to transmit not just disappointment... Not just that she's upset, but her anger at her first officer here.
0: It's a feeling of betrayal, and it feels incredibly powerful yeah. because of the performance.
1: And I almost wish Chicote withered a little bit more. But Chakotay, like stiffens his back and is like, look, Cap, you were down for the count, and I saw the scoreboard, and I was like, I did the thing that I thought was best, but... Janeway cannot get with this. I think there's a little bit of Janeway thinking that, like, this is what you wanted the whole time. You keep talking about making bathtubs on planets. Yeah. I know this is what you've wanted to do forever. You were going to make a a situation where bathtubs on planets was real.
0: The last time on real did not include enough of how much conflict there was between Chakotay and Janeway.
1: Yeah. Especially if that was going to be the B story of this entire episode which it is.
0: It really is and and I think that it would have been hard to remember how much of that there was in the last episode after a summer of no new Voyager to come back from but that conflict, is it runs really strongly through both of these Scorpion episodes, and it really informs choices that Janeway and Chakotay make in this episode, but it's not really, like, back-justified in that last time on. I really love
1: how Chakotay wanders into this conversation thinking, well, the Borgs having started the war is sufficient reason. Like, this is going to be... My gotcha moment. It's
0: exculpatory for every decision I've made because we found out this new thing about how bad the Borgs are. Janeway does not give any shits about this. It, it, she blows right past it. It's also interesting from a Chicote character standpoint because he has been in a collective, not the collective. Not all collectives, Chicote. Not all collectives, but also, like, he is carrying the we cannot fucking abide a collective energy from that. And so, like, I think that it is colored the way he thinks about this and has, like, skewed his reactions in a way that make it really hard for him and Janeway to see eye to eye.
1: There are two wars going on, the one out there and the one in here, and we're losing both of them.
0: And that's what, like, they come to at the end. Like, she talks about that thing that Seven of Nine accused them of, of being unable to reach consensus mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the the conflict is their is their downfall and this forms kind of an elliptical edit it clearly turns into a scene where Janeway and Chakotay realign on a new plan I wish we'd gotten that scene yeah I, I yeah. think it would have been so cool to see the conflict in this change direction I like <laughs> the surprise that that it sets up but I wish in some ways, we'd gotten the the moment of them agreeing after such a massive disagreement. But it's so realistic to conceive
1: of a world where Chakotay does get sent to the brig. Yeah. I was utterly faked out by this. Totally. Because of course this is what you would do if you're Janeway. Yeah. Chakotay sucks in this scene, <laughs> and he deserves to be in the brig.
0: She announces this to the bridge including uh everyone uh, and seven it's it's Jacoté and the brig seven on the bridge yeah <laughs> and uh and they have two hours to get ready for a war with species 42069 and it's a real like the borg started it we're gonna finish it <laughs> kind of energy
1: yeah and it's nailing the two by sixes to the window ahead of the hurricane like they're
0: they're like putting stuff on the ship to up armor it the ship looks like a person with borg implants like it's got implants all over the hull give me more of that i was wondering why Kess wasn't going nuts in fluidic space
1: yeah it really seemed like that was a part of the story that was really diminished
0: instead she kind of becomes the hailing frequency Mm
1: mm-hmm I mean, she becomes Deanna Troy in a little bit. Like, she's in the seat. She's going, I feel something threatening. Yeah. She gets put in the pot in a way that is
0: unfortunate. She is just speaking for Species for 2069, and they announce their evil Bond villain plan of purging the whole galaxy. And so it's on. We're going to fight them. And, you know, they tell them, like, hey, we have a weapon that will hurt you now. Species 42069 Calls their bluff And They shoot the torpedoes Doesn't seem like they work initially
1: They work dramatically
0: They work in a very dramatic way It's a delayed Borgification Into destruction Kind uh-huh. of Drama The Borg makes sure that you get off first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like a whole bunch more Of their bio ships come And this is when they They use the high yield warhead And that works way quicker This is great. This is a huge banger. And they go back into normal space and uh, Seven of Nine starts to reconnect with the collective and is like, great, great news all around. The uh, other bio ships are kind of tucking their bio tails and hightailing it out of here. But uh, since we've now won that important war, I will now commence with the assimilation of your ship. And she goes... And sticks her tubules right in the panel.
1: Resistance is futile.
0: After Paris shoots her and
1: gets thrown across the room for it. Ooh. That's fun.
0: Yeah. Paris shoots first. This is when Janeway issues her surprise directive. She yeah. radios Chicote. She's got a code word for him.
1: Their scorpion got scorpioned.
0: So what Chicote is doing is rejoining the collective with a temporary collective joining neck device with a with a burner (laughs) a burner collective phone is what he's got really does and uh he's being supervised by the doc but uh he is working through seven of nine's brain finds her cherished childhood memories of being a young girl running in a dress through a Grassy field
1: these are documents. They are not tax documents. They're just
0: regular documents other documents do not attempt to send these to the IRS you fucking freaks.
1: Yeah, this is not anything anyone would confuse as tax documents unless you're a real sicko.
0: Yeah, they get wharf lightning from all of the collective contacting devices that everybody on Voyager is wearing kills the connection. And Seven of Nine has had her connection to the collective Severed. It looks painful. It looks like her collarbone was kind of exploded. And like, you never see a Borg like
1: scream in pain. This is all intentional. This is all made to make us feel empathy for her.
0: Yeah. Back in uh, Da Vinci's workshop, Janeway, is captain's logging the end of the episode. I wish we'd seen
1: her handwriting. Because like, I can tell you, how poor my handwriting has become, just in how little I use it. Yeah. And just the idea of a Janeway having done verbal logs. She's not even typing.
0: She's using she's just a dictating. quill.
1: Yeah. She's dictating normally, but now she's handwriting with a quill. It has got to be
0: chicken scratch, right? It's got to be the worst. Looks like a fucking <laughs> prescription. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Totally unintelligible. And here comes
1: Chakotay walking into her hollow. She's he's fucking
0: lucky that it's not the bodice ripper hollow. I mean, this is a jack off
1: machine hollow, but not in this moment. Yeah. Like this is a hollow full of
0: machines made to jack him off. The clockwork arm isn't currently thrusting <laughs> when he walks in, yeah. and uh, he's got a pad, and he's like, hey, like, we're uh, working on getting all those Borg, uh, all the things that we souped the ship up with, we're taking them off. Why? Yeah, you gotta keep that. that was, those are upgrades. That was helping the shields, that was helping yeah. propulsion, that was helping weps. We gotta have weps. Yeah. Dumb as hell. Bad idea. They're leaving some things in, though. Yeah. Power relay stuff in. She says like uh, that. That stuff's helping. Leave it.
1: Hey, do we not have enough money for John Reese Davies in this scene? Can we get some of him back here? Would have been fun. See him punch Chicote out <laughs> for his
0: insolence. Out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping seven on board. There's a little bit of reconciliation between Chicote and the captain, but it is I kind mean, of an agree to disagree moment
1: dude i was just gonna say like is this reconciliation this is like as soon as two arguing people get to the point where it's like what's important is that we got through it that's not reconciliation that is we got through it ciliation (laughs) and it sets up what i believe will be a conflict henceforth like i don't know if they can ever trust each other again.
0: That is a season, if not series level rift between these two characters. Absolutely.
1: Chicote fucked it up. Yeah. There is not enough bathtubs you can carve to apologize sufficiently <laughs> for what he's done here. There's not a bathtub big enough.
0: I wish he had addressed like the Species for 2069 planned on killing everything element of this. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole galaxy was on the line. The whole universe was on the line. Yeah. That's a pretty big whiff if you're like... That's a lot of chips. A couple of decisions I made put the entire fate of the universe at risk Yeah, to Species 42069. Would have been a, a nice, like, hey, I was wrong. I think in
1: his mind, he thought the Borgs would have eventually figured it out. Wow. Like, I'm going to set him down on a planet. I'm going to give him the tech. Like, it's a race at that point. Chikote is betting that he can make it outside of Borg space before the moment that the Borgs he maroons on a planet have figured out the nano weapon. I would have taken him further than Borg's space. It's a terrible bet that he's made. It's, a, it's awful. I would never want to gamble with Chikote. He sucks. No, no good. And he probably has a number of tribal casinos that he has status in.
0: Did you like this episode, Adam? You
1: know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullying, I don't like friends, and I don't like you. This is a hard question to answer because I feel like it is a satisfying conclusion to a two-part story. Yeah. But I really wonder in the next episode if this is really more of a three or a four or an entire season story arc. I really don't know. And I'm being—I am not deceiving— our viewership here I don't know what happens after this I think this episode is made better if it is extruded into a season-long arc I think it is lessened if this is just the conclusion and Chicote and Janeway truly do get past this and they're back to business as usual I don't think that's fair for either character if that's how it goes so I think it's kind of TBD wow that's how I'm going to put it. Like, ask me next episode if this episode <laughs> was good, because then I think I might be able to give you an answer.
0: Wow. What about you? I agree with that sentiment in principle, but overall, I really enjoy the the episode. I,
1: Didn't I, you want more exteriors? Like, give me more Borgs and space stuff.
0: I, I agree, but I'm also like, I'm so like drunk off of the like new availability of showing Borgs tumbling out of the airlock yeah. and Borg Cube pirouetting while f- fucking licking shots at Bioship. That's like, fun. I think it, it may maybe I leave us wanting more decision at this point because I think they may have crossed the Rubicon of we can render this in time to release the episode yeah. with CG effects. Yeah it's a very noticeable Rubicon and um, I feel like we're going to go ahead and make a quadrupedal armed species that is like not humanoid. A weird goat. In Star Trek. It's not just a person in loaf. It's, it's fully not human. goat. Yeah. And uh, I, I think this is a great two parter and I think episode two is not perfect, but it is, it, Really rises to most of the challenges presented by episode one. and uh,
1: It's not perfect the way the Borgs would prefer.
0: Yeah. Well, Adam, do you want to uh, see if we have any preferred Priority One messages in the inbox? Oh, yeah, I'm going to check their status right now.
1: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Need a
0: supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Income. Supplemental. 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 Yeah, it's extra. By the interest alone, could be enough to buy this ship.
1: Ben, our first Priority One message is of a promotional nature. Woo-hoo. The person who sent it is Sean Schumacher. Message. The message goes like this. You're a graphic designer, right? Of course you are. You're listening to a podcast. Even if you're not, why not listen to... Did I do that? (laughs) It's a different, dumber kind of design podcast about how messy making things really is. Our guests are funny, successful, creative people working in graphic design who make stuff and mistakes. Because you can't do one without the other. Is it a bad idea to make an audio-only show about an inherently visual medium? (laughs) There's only one way to find out. Wow. So check out Did I Do That Design? on your podcast platform of choice, or visit design to listen and subscribe.
0: I love a podcast with a Steve Urkel reference in the, yeah. in the title.
1: Thanks to Sean Schumacher for yeah. that uh, promotional message.
0: That sounds really fun. Uh, we're getting dinner tonight with a friend of ours who works on 99% Invisible, which is also a design podcast, and proof that it's okay to make a podcast That uh, is about an inherently visual medium.
1: All kinds of bad ideas have turned into great podcasts, I think.
0: Yeah, it it happens from Mm -hmm. time to time. Mm -hmm. Adam, our next Priority One message is from Lane, and it's to Jason Lane kind, and it goes like this. Happy wedding day to my number one, the man who put my horgon and Picard bust with his family heirlooms in the tchotchke cabinet. I'm so excited to marry you. And eat that sweet, sweet mac and cheese bar. I wouldn't want that next 50 to 70 years with anyone else, not even my cat. You're truly the best thing that ever happened to me. Truffles? Truffles? Yo, we might need to go to this wedding at a mac and cheese bar? Damn. Sounds really good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Those miles aren't going to spend themselves. Not at all. Ben, our final priority one message is from Zach Brager again, <laughs> <laughs> and it's to Berm and Adam. The message goes like this. All right, so when I dropped many hundreds of scarves back in 21, I knew it was going to be a few months before my P1s made their way into the feed. I thought I had given my questions enough head time. I've heard two, and I am now terrified I did not do that. If my poor timing has spoiled the show for anyone, and made me look like an ass, please accept my apology.
0: <laughs> Zach Brager really, a, a great practitioner of the apology because it's a, an apology with with recompense. I mean, I feel like
1: in many ways our show is in itself an apology, Ben. <laughs> we've
0: we've we've learned how to apologize through this. In many ways.
1: If you are a friend of DeSoto with something to apologize for, I suggest you go to MaximumFun.org <laughs> slash Jumbotron and repent. Mm. Uh, it is a great way to both make a public apology for all of the bad things that you've done and to support the production of our show.
0: Yeah, you know you did some bad shit.
1: Yeah, you know. Everyone has. Hey, Adam. What's that, Ben? Did you find yourself a
0: drunk Shimoda?
1: Shimoda. I mean, this is sort of a negative Shimoda. I just can't get with Chakotay. Can't wow. get with him. He was kind of the chaos agent, like a chaos agent, and then like a created chaos agent. Yeah. And then a real chaos agent at the end. I am very curious about what happens to his character henceforth, and I think this is maybe a uh, a written in pencil. <laughs> Shimoda here like he may be revealed to be uh maybe he's he's the fox and not the scorpion maybe he's the scorpion not the fox maybe he's the scorpion on top of the other scorpion I don't know I just can't figure him out right now and I think anything is possible in season four for Chakotay so that's why I'm making him my drunk Shimoda what about you
0: I'm going to give it to an ensign who is barely on screen in this episode, but she's, like, standing at a station that Seven of Nine goes up to and yeah. just kind of shoves out of the way yeah. at one point um, on the bridge. It's look. Uh, I think that the two things I like about her as a drunk Shimoda is she gets shoved out of the way really unceremoniously by Seven of Nine, uh, but she also, like, spares a look to, like, the command staff on in her workplace that is 80 percent out of frame you can see that she turns her head and does the like what the fuck yeah but because of the four three aspect ratio she is not really on screen when she does that exactly and uh i just loved that moment and i loved i loved the four three aspect ratio for that moment because i don't think that in a wider format you would ever let a character fall off that hard but it's so fucking funny like that she is both shoved aside by a main cast character and also by the camera <laughs> it's a crazy choice yeah i loved it i thought it was so great i think yeah. it was i think it was honestly a choice by the extra and not by production or by the director like
1: i like it when the extras make a decision yeah that's fun
0: yeah, no Good small actors, happen. only small parts, and uh, that yep. was a that was a big choice. Yeah, so I, I really dug it.
1: Objection noted. We'll
0: do this without you. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, Adam, we got to get into the next episode. In a way, why don't you head to gach.biz/game and fire up the game of buttholes, The Will of the Caretaker, while I tell you about season four, episode two, The Gift. Seven of nine, the Borg Drone, the Voyager severed from the Collective, tries to resist as her natural human physiology Attempts to regenerate. You're required to learn as you play. Roll.
1: All right, Ben. Our runabout is currently throbbing on the face of Quark on square 54. Couple squares ahead, we got the caretaker episode. Which takes us to a random square on the board, kind of a chaos agent square. Anything could happen right now, Ben.
0: That's the uh, roll the hundred-sided die and
1: see where we land square. Whoa, I have rolled a six. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. Oh. Which has carried us Ow. far past that square, onto square sixty. It's a regular episode for us, Ben. An episode for us. To recover from uh,
0: this Quark's bar drunk a we are gonna need it, man. We are gonna need it.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling pretty rummed up. Good. I'm glad. Yeah,
0: feeling good. Hey, we gotta thank our buddy Adam Margusia who made the original Janeway song. A man
1: for whom I aspire to in the Jim Shimoda kind of way. Yeah. Kind of jacked in a way that I want to be. Yeah. Look at that
0: guy. Adam Ragusea got the arms. Yeah. Got the shoulders.
1: God damn. I came back from my visit with the goose, and I started working out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I am, viewer, right now, very sore. <laughs>
0: we gotta thank uh, dark materia for giving us permission to use the picard song all those years ago we gotta thank the card daddy bill tilly for yeah. running the social media accounts at greatest Trek on instagram and twitter especially during the max fun drive god like
1: what a what a much bigger effort that is during the drive that bill tilly's got and what a wonderful job he did keeping it fun and chill indeed
0: Hey, let's thank Nick Dittmore for making the art for this show and uh, working with us on all the graphic design things that we do, and Wendy Pretty, the producer of all of the Uxbridge Motor Products that you enjoy. Thanks to everyone who sent us a fun package
1: to open in the Marin of today's episode. If you want to know where you can send your package... Get a hold of Bill Tilly on the socials. He's the fine mesh screen that stops a box of poop from being opened in my office. And if
0: you send something gross, just know that Bill Tilly is the nicest man in the world and we will forward it to him.
1: Yeah, what sucks is your box of poop will be opened on Bill Tilly's wedding day. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. No. He couldn't be a sweeter man. He's one of the greats. He's really,
0: really great. With that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of The Greatest Generation Voyager that is, like, kind of showing a lot of eyeball. Like, gross amount of eyeball is being revealed. Like a
1: Star Trek Picard amount of eyeball trauma?
0: Yeah, it's gross.
1: Ooh, fun.
0: It's looking nasty. I it show